Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hello everybody. How are you all doing? Man, isn't Z just like a superstar? There is literally, I know, nowhere she'd rather be than I'm on the stage. But I love hearing how God uses shy people who don't like talking up on stage. I might not be shy, but talking up on stage is not my favorite thing to do. But at the same time, I also love it. And I just think testimony like that is powerful, Z. You're amazing. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, Yes. I love it. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about something that I personally am wrestling with at the moment. What better to talk about something than something that you're struggling with, right? (laughs) We're in a series right now, which is not a series. It's actually a series of free hits. So when you're given an endless possibility to talk on something, why not talk about something that you're deeply struggling with? And it's important to dive deep and unpack. To be honest, this topic is a really simple topic, something that we talk about almost every week when we're in church, and it should be talked about every week when we're in church, but it's still in my 25 years of following Jesus, or how many, 20, 22, since I was five, I gave my life to God, and I still struggle with these simple things on the day-to-day. So today, we're going to be talking about, in its simplest form, what it looks like to walk with Jesus. In a more narrow form, we're gonna be talking about what does it look like to align your heart with God? And then the pointy question that I want to ask for all of the Christians in the room particularly is, are you seeking after the desires of your own heart or are you seeking after God's? And if they are separate or if they are different, how do we actually align these together? Like I said, arguably, if you're a Christian in the room, it's one of the most important journeys we can go on, and it's one of the most worthwhile journeys we can go on too, but the catch-all is that it's also one of the hardest parts about living on this side of eternity with everything that the world is throwing at us. So we're going to look at two scriptures tonight. We're going to root everything in two scriptures tonight, two that really closely tie in together that I really love and are very well known, but we're going to pull together tonight. James 1, 2 to 3, and Romans 5, 3 to 5. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you open them up? We're going to read from those two passages. Otherwise, I put them both on the same slide so that we can see it all at once. But the passage is, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then my brain immediately goes to the scripture where we glory in our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance. Faith produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's encouraging, but also when we look at this scripture, what does it tell us about aligning our hearts with Jesus? It tells us that we'll have joy, trials, testing, faith, suffering, perseverance, character, hope, and love. It is a lot of things that we have to work through. And to simplify this idea, I want to look at a hiking, I want to use hiking as an analogy. So the next time you're hiking, you can remember when I talked about this and you can be like, how am I aligning my heart with Jesus? I don't know, hopefully it will work. Anyway, when you go on a hike, we all know that 
Hiking is really good for us, right? I do not like cardio. Um, It is just not my jam, but I know that hiking is really good for me. And I know it's good to be out in fresh air and looking at green things. And when you go hiking, you start usually really strong. You find the track and it's usually pretty beautiful. And then you get about a kilometer in. At this point, in this heat, you don't have to find the waterfall because you already are one. Um, But you still keep walking and it starts to get a little bit hard because you're sweating, maybe your calves are sore, maybe your shoes are rubbing, all the things. But you know, maybe there's a waterfall at the end of the track. Maybe there's a brilliant view that's coming that you want to see. But it doesn't mean that on the hike, you won't have highs, lows. If you're on the track that my sister and I did when we were at the Blue Mountain, by about the 15 minute mark, we'd only be going, we'd only at this, been, at this point been going downstairs. <laughs> so you know, at the end, you're about to go up all those stairs again. There's stairs, there's rocky paths, there's highs, there's lows, sometimes it's smooth sailing and how good, but we always know that the end is worth it. So as we align our hearts with God, we need to know that He designed us for this purpose. He designed us to walk alongside with Him and to align our hearts with Him, and it's really good for us. But it's also really challenging at times. There will be rocky times. There'll be times when you're sweating up a storm and the heat and challenges of life are being thrown at you from all different directions. But even Jesus said it would never be easy. In Matthew 16, 24 to 25, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Walking with God won't be easy. You have to take up a cross. And it says, Whoever will save his life will lose it. If we try on our own strength, we're going to lose our life. But... I love when there's a but in scripture, how good, because it means that there's something coming. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, for God's sake, will find it. I don't know about you, but I want to find life on this side of eternity, right? So tonight we're in endeavoring to walk with God. We're going on a journey of this crazy life and narrowing in to ask, what does it look like to have the desires of our heart align with the desires of God's heart? Shall we pray? (laughs) I need prayer, so I'm gonna pray. Um, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you that um, your truth is in your word and we get to unpack it here together. Thank you for... Um, All the things that particularly I know I'm going through that are wrestles and challenges in my life that have enabled this message to come to fruition so that I can speak from experience but also can be challenged myself. And Lord, as we speak tonight about this and as we unpack it, I really pray that your Holy Spirit would be working in and through me. Would it be working in our hearts in this room? Lord, as we understand and unpack simple truths that maybe we have heard one million times, Lord, would we understand them in a greater depth? Would we seeking to uncover what it means in our life and why maybe we're wrestling with these simple things so that we can push deeper into your love and to your strength? Lord, we love you. Would you just be with us tonight in this room? In your name we pray, amen. All right. 
Tonight, I want to break it down into five contributing factors. Five factors that are challenging, that will challenge our alignment with Jesus, and five factors that will help us in our alignment with Jesus. And those are influence, time, effort, expectation, and spiritual battle. I'm sorry, I don't have alliteration, but I just thought we'd get straight to the point. (laughs) Um, Five things, five contributing factors, all things that we would have heard before, all quite simple things when you break it down, but all things that somehow seem to be some of the trickiest parts of aligning our heart with God. So like I said, we're gonna look at the challenges first. It's a good place to start. We'll end on a high, thank you, Lord. The first one is influence, the influence around us. I'm not sure whether you've heard, but the top five people around you are the people that will influence you the most. They'll influence your values, your priorities, and what you care about. Let me ask you, who are your top five people that have the biggest influence in your life? Are they people that you really look up to? Are they people who bring you life when you're with them? Or are they people who encourage you to gossip? Are they people who fuel your anger when you're upset? Do they encourage you in experiences and activities that might be exciting in the moment, but actually will only cause you pain? And let me ask you a pointier question. Would you say that Jesus is in your top five people of who you're spending time with? Now, people aren't the only influence in our lives. There are so many more things. Really, it's kind of everything around us. And to be honest, I find myself subconsciously and consciously comparing myself to the rest of the world through the number one example that you will hear on this stage almost every week, and that's the internet, right? Friends who have been to a party the night before, who if I didn't see that Instagram story, I wouldn't be sad that I wasn't a part of it, but because I've seen it, I'm sad about it. Maybe it's influencers who are walking the red carpet, who are dressed in beautiful dresses that I know I could never even afford, even if I took out a loan. Maybe it's clothes or bags or products that I know I will never get. Maybe it's the car I don't have or the body I've always wanted, the places I would rather be or holidays I desperately want to be on. All things are influencing what we care about, what we prioritize and what we value. It's coming at us from every single direction in our lives. The next challenge that gets in the way of aligning our heart with God is time. How many of you would say you have like a spare time in your week? Like a good amount. (laughs) To be honest, it's a little bit of a silly question because I also am like, I have no, if someone came to me and was like, do you have heaps of spare time? I'd be like, no. Oh yeah, no. Um, But it's a silly question because if it was a priority, we would make time. If it was a priority, we'd make the effort to carve out time. All I can say is that I know how to fill my time and I'm really good at it. And I'm really bad at it too. (laughs) It's both, I'm really good at filling my time and I'm really bad at filling my time really well. And it leaves little room for inviting Jesus to actually be in that time with us. How much time do you actually have for Jesus? And this couples with number three, effort. With our time being so full, our weeks being busy, our to-do list completely endless, how much energy do we actually have to be with God? We take holidays from our everyday life constantly because we fill it really well. 
And the thing about relationships and aligning our heart with Jesus is that you need time and you need to put in the effort. And when I say effort, I mean when you're tired, you wrestle out the hard things with him. When I say effort, it means that when the inevitable suffering comes, you choose not to close yourself down, but to open up with him and share your burdens with him. When I say effort, it's when you don't want to. When you don't want Jesus to be a part, you choose to let him be a priority in your life. Number four is expectations. Now, to be honest, I wanted to talk about expectations in the whole thing, but I don't know why I swapped, so here we are. It's the root of why I'm speaking about this tonight. Expectations of people, of work, of timelines, and of God. I personally struggle so much with expectations. I get really excited about something, and then when it changes, I get super disappointed. My challenge is then the process of unpacking whether my expectations actually align with the heart of God, or am I creating unrealistic expectations that I'm putting on God, that I'm putting on my family, friends, and the people around me. The danger is that unrealistic expectations contribute to disappointment. And when you're disappointment, this breeds a thing called bitterness in our hearts that we can often lead, that can often lead to questioning the heart of God and his intentions. So can I ask you, lots of questions tonight, it's good. How much do you expect God to do for you? What are your expectations that you are placing on him? And if they don't come to pass, who are you blaming? Finally, spiritual battle, number five, the most joy-filled one. Not really, it's the hardest one. The heart, your heart, your heart, your soul is the most precious commodity. It's more valuable to God than anything else and it's also valuable to the enemy because whoever has your heart has you. And the enemy is on mission to see that everything else is filling your heart besides Jesus. Everything else is distracting, is judging, is wrestling for a place in your heart so that there is no room for Jesus. In John 10.10, it says, the thief only comes, he only comes to steal and kill and destroy but the enemy is sneaky in our culture because he doesn't have to really try very hard because there's so many things already around us that are influencing our values, our beliefs, our time, our effort, our expectations, and that there is little room for our Father because everything around us is telling us to reject him. He has the easiest job in our culture. And on another note, on the flip side, I want to acknowledge the fact that it's a spiritual battle that is literally taking place around you. You could, on the other side, be doing all the right things, be checking all of the Christian boxes, be already making really good choices, and all of your actions are intentionally aligning your heart with God already. I want to absolutely applaud you for that because that is so beautiful. But the battle for your heart means that the enemy will come at you with lies that you are not doing enough, that you are lacking in this or that, that you, he'll bring up things from the past or 
cause doubt about your future because he does not like that you are taking up the task of aligning your heart with Jesus. But just as the scripture says, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. And that's what we are trying to unpack tonight. As we align our hearts with Jesus, with everything coming against us, he has promised that with him, as we go on this beautiful journey, we can have life and life to this full. So the fun thing now is we get to use all of those things, flip them on its head and use them to tell us how we can align with Jesus. How good. Look at me go. The first one, if you remember, is influence. Influence, we need to put good people around us. Influence genuinely helps us align our heart with Jesus. Arguably, it's one of the most important reasons why we have church. It's why we're here. It's because as we come together, we can fight this battle together. We have good people around us that push us towards Jesus, that push us and encourage us to align our hearts with Jesus. I don't know if you, um, this is the same for you, but more often than not for me, I love getting, ex I get the most excited, sorry, about the things that Jesus has done in my life because they're just like way better than anything else. So I get excited about these things and I wanna share them with people. It's very hard to share an experience that someone has no idea what it's like, right? Um, but I wanna share these Jesus moments because it's worth celebrating. It's worth getting excited about. But at the same time, I want people in my life who are consistently there to then come back in the moments of challenge and hardship to be reminding me of the goodness of God and when he has been good to me in my past. I know when I go through something bad, maybe it's the same for you, the temptation to gossip is, is real. To fill the gap with unhealthy things and wallow in it, to wallow in the pain. And it genuinely, the reality is it's made sweeter when someone is egging you on, right? When someone is supporting you in your self-pity, it's, it's made easier and sweeter. And sometimes it feels really good. But then I know I have friends and family who come alongside me and empathize with me, yes, but they immediately point me back to Jesus. And that's when I know I'm in safe hands. It's the influence around me that will point me and align me, particularly in those hard times that I desperately need to be pointed back to Jesus. On the other hand, the influence around us has to come also from our King, from Jesus himself. We talk about this a lot in church, but I reckon relationship with Jesus still sometimes seems to be a little bit unfamiliar. It can actually be quite hard, and sometimes it feels stale, sometimes it feels a little strange, because we have no example here on earth of what it truly looks like other than the love of Jesus and the people around us pointing with the experiences that we've had. It's just unlike anything else that we see on this earth. But what we do have and what I reckon is one of the closest examples we find to the relationship God wants with us is that of a Jesus-filled marriage. I don't personally know what it's like, but I get the privilege of watching people around me who do have this, whether it be my mum and dad, Andrew and Megan, or even Hamish and Carly in their six months who are absolutely killing it. But I watch these people making sure that they're not forced to tick a box 
when they're spending time with each other. They want to. That's a priority that they make. They prioritize one another and they put each other first. They are selfless and self-sacrificing. They are intentional and thoughtful. They're investing in doing all of life with one another, whether that's good, whether that's bad, or it's really ugly. And they communicate with one another. The problem with um, human example of Jesus' love is that, is that it will always come short of the utter and endless and abounding love of Jesus. Because where sometimes we fall short, we stuff up, we make the wrong choice, we do something wrong, we hurt one another, Jesus' love shows us that despite all of that, his love is deep and wide and high and long. Ephesians 3, 17, 19 is where this comes from. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, that's one another, that's what we're doing right now, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge. We just can't figure it out um, completely ourselves. One day we will, that will be exciting. That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Let's take this high, deep, wide. I encourage you, remember that when you're in the depth of your despair, he loves you and loves you in full. I want you to trust that no matter how much you might stray from the path or how wide or long you might go away from Jesus, he will always love you. He will always love you, no matter how far you go. He will always be desiring to draw you back to himself. And we also get to rejoice in his love when we reach the peak moments of life, the high, joyful, glorious moments that life gives. We get to experience his love through it all. Aligning your heart with the creator is developing an unbreakable relationship with him that truly doesn't quite make sense to the rest of the world, but it's the thing that will get us through when the world throws all that it has at us. It's, it's the thing that will get us through. One myth expectation that I know has been pushed up against and has been fought in church and still I am trying to undo these things in my life is the fact that your relationship with God has to be in tip-top shape at all times. I don't know whether you've been in a relationship before. Actually, I do know because parents, you will, yeah. Anyway, um, every relationship has its highs and its lows, every single one. And that's the same with God. He knows we're human. He knows we're broken, that we are not perfect and that we will stuff up, which is, again, why it makes it tricky for us to understand the love of God because we continually fall short. And for the longest time, I personally am trying to undo the fact or the drive to earn God's love for, for me, to make him love me more and try and do the checklist items and be a good Christian, whatever that means. But our relationship with God can simply be the fact that we can grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the Father's love for us is. Isn't that stunningly beautiful? I just, it takes all pressure off. It blows my mind. It's the influence around us, God's people and Jesus himself, that drew us into alignment with the heart of God. Now I wanna combine two and three, time and effort. We need to give him the time and the effort he deserves. We need to lean in. How would you feel if you're in a relationship and that person said, 
I give you two minutes on a Tuesday morning and then 10 minutes when I get home on a Wednesday, but I uh, like that may or may not happen. And then Friday, I probably have like an hour, but um, I know that there'll be work coming in. But Sunday, the hour and a half is yours, except when we, I get a notification on my phone or when we sing a song that we've sung one million times and just bored of it. So be a little karaoke moment. I'll just be thinking about something else. <laughs> Too real, sorry. Um, uh, not sorry. Um, it's, imagine if that's how you were received in a relationship. It just feels yucky. Relationship takes time and effort. And can I tell you, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Because the time that you give him, I guarantee you will feel, you will leave feeling more loved than anything else this world has to offer you. I guarantee you that when, the, when you spend time with the king of the universe, he will meet you in your brokenness and pain and start piecing you back together again. This is time when your peace will surpass your understanding, where joy is injected into your life in abundance and where spiritual muscle is built so that when the inevitable hard times come, you know that the king of the universe loves you. This is, your, this is the time and effort that you put in where your heart starts to understand the character and the essence of Jesus. When you open God's word and spend time with him and draw him into the every moment of your every day, this is when you start to learn about Jesus. And if we are to align our hearts with him, we need to know who he is. We need to be familiar with him. We need to be in intimate relationship with him. As we learn more, as we draw um, closer to him, he reveals more of himself to us. And that's when the alignment happens. It would be really hard to align your heart with somebody that you knew nothing about. It would be so impossible. Um, but to say it bluntly, it re does require effort. It does require effort. Do you reckon Olympians train that hard because it's just for fun? <laughs> no. Um, I have a friend who, yeah, anyway, no, they don't. They train because there's a gold medal at the end if they train really hard. And same with hikes. If you go on a hike, there's a waterfall at the end. There's a massive view that is beautiful or a cold shower at the end that is so incredibly worth it. And the same goes for doing life with Jesus. If we align our hearts, we get to spend eternity with him and we get to have life on this side of eternity as well. Number four, expectations. We seek out his will and plan for our lives. Everyone has expectations. The definition of expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case. And can I tell you now, from experience, unrealistic or even in my case, I have learned entitled expectations will always cause you pain. I've been hurt so many times. And like I said, the whole topic stemmed from this idea. But I've been recently on a journey to unpack what it means, why, why I keep getting disappointed. Why do I keep doing this to, to myself? If I have the best intentions, if I have good intentions, and I want good things, why do I keep getting disappointed? But I come to the realization that what if these good things are not God's things for me. They're just good things. There's a, there's a difference. That they are things that 
I want, <laughs> that I've worked really hard for, or feel an entitlement that I deserve, that I've invested my whole self into, but don't, are not reaping the benefits or expected that outcome. I've had to m- ask myself, what if these are, yes, all good things, but are not God's things for me? Do I want my expectations in my life to come to pass, or do I truly trust God's perfect plan? Do I truly trust His perfect plan? And that His plan is way better than anything I could expect in the future anyway. The way I see myself managing my expectations is by aligning my heart with God's, is by coming to know Him and understand who He is and what He wants for my life so that I don't keep getting disappointed. And can I tell you, as I unpack this idea, the definition of faith is awfully similar to that of expectations, but it's just so much better. Faith, the definition of faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. This language changes everything. It changes the position of expectation to trust and confidence. It, cha- it takes the pressure off me and it takes all the sting out of disappointment and rejection because it turns it all into hope instead. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Hope becomes our expectation for our lives. Hope and assurance that our God is a good God who has good plans and good purposes for our life. And we say it all the time that it is one of the biggest lessons we need to learn, how to walk with God. But do we actually believe with every fiber of our being that He is a good God and His plans are better, even when our expectations are getting disappointed and our expectations, we think, align with God? Do we actually trust Him? That's been the challenge of my last season and why I'm unpacking it is because I truly want my whole fiber of my being to rely on the goodness of God, that He has good plans, and despite my humanness that keeps getting in the way, He's a good God who has good purposes and good things for my life. And the way I find that out is by aligning my heart with Jesus. It's a process, it's a journey, and a continuous choice of intentionally deciding to have faith in Him. And finally, spiritual battle. We acknowledge that, we have to acknowledge that there is more going on. There is a battle for your heart and it is raging around you at all times. And sometimes as we have just unpacked, life will be incredibly hard and aligning your heart with Jesus will have times of suffering and pain, where the, but all of it is because the enemy is on a time crunch. He's on a time crunch. He's, the time is ticking down like mine is right now. Why? Because the battle is already won. The battle's already won and there'll be a time when his time is up and our time has come to spend eternity with Jesus. I cannot wait, but alas, here we are. His time is coming to an end. So the battle rages around us in a fight for our heart so that we are not going to spend eternity with Jesus. But the kindness of our Savior, 
the absolute kindness of him going to the cross, dying for our sins and rising from the dead is that he didn't want to wait for us to be in heaven to combat these lies or to be in relationship with him just on that side. We can be in relationship and live a life that is full now. (laughs) Isn't that stunning? And the way we fight this battle is we put on the armor of God every single day. We need to know scripture. We look at Jesus in the wilderness. He too had that spiritual attack. It's not just us. If the Son of God has spiritual attack, we know that we will fight that too. In the wilderness, the enemy knew scripture and threw it at him, but Jesus knew what was true and was able to fight that fight with him. It was beautiful. We put the armor of God on every day. We know scripture to combat the lies and we need to make sure that we are walking this journey, doing, using our time, using our effort, aligning our expectations, putting beautiful people around us so that we can walk a life of intimacy with our Creator. Can I tell you, it's really hard sometimes, but it's so entirely worth it. And I, I had, as I was praying for you guys, this afternoon, wondering how we would close. God just put the most simple, most practical way of doing all of these things at once. (laughs) Oh, it sounds too good to be true. He just said, tell them to, tell them this, that to combat all influence, all time that's against you, all effort, all expectations and a spiritual battle, all you got to do is go on a journey where you continually fall in love with Him. I, I, it sounds really too good to be true, but if we go on this journey where we are continually falling in love with our God, the alignment, all of the battle, all of the time pressures, the priorities align, the time aligns, the effort becomes effortless, the influence becomes natural, the expectations align and the spiritual battle becomes easy because we are sold out in love with our Creator. Love trumps it all. I, it seems too good to be true. But I know, like, and like I said, marriage is the most beautiful example. I've watched my parents go through life and fall more in love with each other. And no matter what comes against them, they can stand against it because of love. Andrew and Megan, they're the same. They're leading a church. They have so many people looking to them, so much opposition against them. But love between each other and between God has let them flourish And then God has blessed every part of their life. Doesn't mean it's not easy, but love has just made it so worthwhile. So with all of these things, with with influence around us, time, effort, expectations and spiritual battle, how do we together fall more in love with Jesus so that our hearts align to be more like Him? We do it together. That's, we do it together. We're in this journey together. We got this. Why don't you stand to your feet? I really simply want to take a moment to read the scripture that we talked about at the start. 
but also just take a moment to come before Jesus and ask for His help. I had a epiphany, a really long time ago, where I was like, I feel I'm struggling with doing everything that God has called me to do. And He was like, well, why don't you ask for my help? And I was like, I can ask for your help in doing things for you, about you, with you. <laughs> He's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's why I'm here. We can ask for His help as it's sometimes really hard to follow Him when we don't want to follow Him. When the influence around us is pointing in the opposite direction. Lord, I need your help to follow you today. I need your help to prioritize you first. Lord, help me understand what it looks like to fall more in love with you today. They're absolutely beautiful prayers that you can pray to Him. So tonight, I wonder if there is maybe one or two things that you can take from this message, whether it be any of those five or anything else, where you just close your eyes and take a moment to ask God for help with something that stood out to you that you really struggle with. For me, Lord, help me with my expectations. I need your help. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. That's my prayer tonight. I wonder what yours is. Why don't you just close your eyes? Take some time. Think about some things that uh, you can feel the wrestle in your heart. Take some time to ask for his help. James 1, 2-3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance in suffering produces character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out, poured out, not trickled in, but poured out into our hearts because of the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Lord Jesus, tonight as we, as we make a commitment to go on this journey with you, tonight as we know this journey isn't just a quick decision now, but will be a lifelong decision to continually follow you, Lord, I pray that we would be willing to go on be willing to even start the journey, maybe for some, but to continually choose this journey of aligning our hearts with you. Lord, would you help us fall more in love with you every single moment of every single day, despite the challenges, despite the suffering, despite the pain. Lord, we make, Lord, would you help us make that choice with everything being thrown at us? We need your help tonight, Lord. Tonight, tomorrow, and for the rest of our days until we get to be with in eternity with you. Lord, we love you. We desperately need your help. In your name we pray, amen. We're just gonna sing this beautiful song.
wonder if you can continue that prayer. Um, if you want help, if you want to do what I said in the first topic, have influence around you that points you to Jesus, I'm gonna be at the front um, and would love to pray for you. I'm sure if there's other prayer requests, you don't have to do it by yourself. Other people will come forward. It's a community who wanna champion you. Um, but we're gonna sing this song, Goodness of God. Just tell Him how much we love Him. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.